we are live. Guys, welcome back to another episode of When Two or More with the McCaws. Today's a really exciting episode and I really can't wait to get started. Today's title is called Through and we're going to be talking to Brandon Mauricio. Now, Brandon and Karen in 2019 went through a terrible ordeal in losing um, their child, which I can't even get my head around. But Karen eloquently and quite vulnerably last week expressed that experience, the build-up, going through it and what she's learned as a result. And I thought that would be great to be able to inspire and really kind of touch the people of the Spanish community. But what I also thought would be great is to talk to Brandon about his side um, of the same experience, his kind of testimony building up to this um, this event that's happened in their lives. And, and as a result of this event, Brandon's gone forward and written a book. And I thought it'd be great to bring him on to talk about his experience through all of this and really inspire us and touch us with kind of some wisdom from going through such an ordeal and how he's managed to just kind of move on through that difficulty. So without further ado, in fact, before I do that, if you are liking this on, uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, that'd be great. That helps us uh, more than you know, and, and subscribe to YouTube channel as well. That would be awesome. And if you're listening to this on podcasts, which you can do, um, yeah, hit the thumbs or stars or subscribe, whichever platform you are on, that helps us more than you know. That would be absolutely fantastic. But without further ado, let's get into, let's welcome Brandon Mauricio into today's podcast. Hi, Brandon. How are you doing? Hi, good. <laughs> Here he is. Thank you for having me. No, no problem at all. No problem at all. It's a real blessing to have you on. I haven't seen you in ages. I know, man. It's like we live in different countries or something. We literally do. There's a there's a pond between us, and that's heartbreaking. <laughs> Just a small pond. Just a small one. Now, we. I want to talk about how we got to know each other first. Go on. You can explain this, because I know Karen did with, with Nanny. I think that would be great if you... Um, I bet she explained it like with way cuter details. But <laughs> I mean, like you and I, we met mm. because we were both trying to um, acquire a Guatemalan wife at the same time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we were both dating awesome Guatemalan women mm. at the mm. same time. And even though you and I are from different countries, um, it's just really cool how the timing lined up and we were there together at some mm. at the same time. And uh, it was really nice having a fellow gringo. Uh, it was you know, cool, wasn't it? It was cool. And it was, it was amazing because uh, Nanny, uh, Karen and Anita had been talking about, about the right partnership, uh, the right partners for them and been praying into that for a long time. And I think it's so interesting how, I'm from England, you're from the States, and and Jerson is from Portugal. Portugal and it was just, yeah. Yeah, just such an incredible experience. And we got to share that kind of, that difficulty a little bit because we were kind it of... It was challenging, man, yeah. Yeah, in this, in this culture that was like, whoa, like this is completely different from our own. So you were definitely a brother for me during that, that time. And it was a fantastic yeah, it's, experience. It's just so cool how our wives are such close friends too. And that just mm. kind of, I feel like, translated to our connection and how we get along as well so it's been yeah. really neat definitely that's great well i thought it'd be interesting just to kind of start with explaining who you are brandon i would like to go back to go back to the start in fact in fact let's talk about what you're doing now what's your kind of role job wise what do you do 
tell us a bit about yourself, Brendan. So my the where I work, where I, my job technically, mm -hmm. I guess, mm -hmm. is I do youth ministry. I'm a youth pastor. I've been doing that for about six and a half years, okay. and have recently acquired a new role at the church, overseeing media stuff. So like cameras, lights, screens, sound, all of that kind of fun mm -hmm. stuff. So. It's doing a lot of different things, all just serving God. And it's it's really cool because I get the opportunity to do that as a source of income as well. Um, but in addition to that, you know, being a husband, being a father, I am loving every second of it, man. That's amazing. I didn't know about your change of job within what you're doing. Is that in addition to or have you moved it over? It is. It's in addition to. It's been about two and a half or three months. Okay. Mm -hmm. How are you finding it? It's great, man. Yeah. It's great. I love like technical stuff. I mean, I used to be in a band when I was in high school. And so I got to learn a lot about sound and lights mm -hmm. and uh, like videos and editing and all of that stuff. And when the opportunity came up at the church, um, they were actually looking to hire somebody full time. Okay. Um, but they were either finding people that were really overqualified or really underqualified. So like the overqualified people, of course, are from like the industry. Yeah. A bunch of money. And, you know, our church mm -hmm. wasn't looking to do that um mm -hmm. they were looking for somebody who had a base understanding of everything and who was able to like build teams and pour into people and so having a pastor's heart and for doing that for a number of years i was able to kind of provide that and then you know it was really clear that i was supposed to do that and invest into that and so they've been able to hire on help for me in the youth ministry as well so it's really mm -hmm. manageable it's really good amazing amazing i always think it's like it's a key thing to be able to hire in-house because people know the culture of a team and, mm -hmm. and that's you must be a real blessing to them that's awesome yes yes that's fantastic well yeah lead us then from the start like talk about your home life were you brought up in a christian home you obviously that's where you are right now how did you get to this to, to that point so how much time do we have like a couple hours no i'm kidding yeah <laughs> Settle yourselves, grab some popcorn, we're in. Come on. Yeah, I got I got coffee right here, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, um, need it. You. <laughs> honestly, just in a nutshell, yeah, having, like you said, grew up in a Christian home. Um, okay. But I never really had a relationship with Jesus. It was more or less like doing church just because that's what I did. And mm. when I was around 11, 12, 13, like those, those years, my parents ended up separating and like that thrusted me into this kind of like a darker place, I guess, emotionally. And because I was staying with one of my parents who didn't make me go to church, I was kind of falling even farther away from God. And then a friend of mine whose dad happens to be, or whose parents were pastors invited me to come to church with him one day because he promised we can go skateboarding afterwards. Solid. I went to church with them and God just captured my heart. You know, if you've ever been in a message or a church service that it's like directed to you, um, that's kind of how it was. And I felt love. I felt peace like I had never felt before. And in that moment, I just opened up my heart to Jesus. And I was, mm. I would say, around 15 years old. And so I'm 31 now. Mm. 16 years ago, I guess more than half of my life I've been walking with Jesus, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, my life has never been the same, dude. And I think from that moment on, just kind of in different seasons, God has made it clear mm. that he loves me and that he has like purpose for my life. And so whether that's in youth ministry, whether that's in a band, like the band that I was in in high school was really cool because it was a Christian band. Mm. And I did that for four years after high school. And so God really blessed that. And we went around and 
led worship at different churches and events. And it was just really cool through that experience, just started growing and understanding who God was. And yes. fast forwarding to 2015 is when I got hired as a youth pastor here at the church. And mm. that's when I met Karen and the rest is history. Six years later. That's fantastic. I want to just take you, back, take you back to a moment where you said that there was the the stimulant that brought you into church again was the skate skateboarding skate. Yes, absolutely. You know, after. I can totally relate to that situation completely. Um, yes. But what do you think it was about that service in particular? Explain that process. I'm being attacked by a fly. Um, explain that process. So someone doesn't want this to go forward, do they? Um, <laughs> yeah. Explain that process running forward. So you you entered the church, or or what was it for you on a personal level? Because each person's yeah. encounter that seems to be a word that pops up with with the people I speak to. Everyone's encounter is completely different. What made your encounter unique for you? Well, I think we lost him a second. I'm back. You go. you got him. <laughs> I, had to, I had to like gather my thoughts. No, I'm kidding. I saw it go. <laughs> yeah. um, he quickly grabbed a notebook, wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just so thankful for the Holy Spirit, man. Like thankful for the Holy Spirit and how he operates today and mm. how it is unique for the individual. And I think at the time, I just needed to feel loved, man. I needed to feel a sense of peace because my mind has always been really active. Mm. Um, and there was just something about being in God's house, the message. And I just love how the Holy spirit does speak specific messages to people. And it was this sense of like the words that the pastor was saying, it didn't feel like he was saying it. It was like, it felt as if it were straight from the mouth of God. Mm. And, I don't remember the specific sentences or words that were said, but I do remember the feeling that I had. Mm -hmm. And that was just peace. That was just contentment that mm -hmm. like, I felt like I belonged. I mean, all throughout mm -hmm. high school and the years preceding that in junior high school was filled with just trying to be accepted and trying to do certain things, dress certain ways, listen to certain mm -hmm. musics, just to feel loved and to feel accepted. And there was just something about that moment that I just had this release of that. And it was as if I, I, like, I felt like I belonged mm -hmm. for the first time and as long as I could remember. And so it was just this first initial, like you said, experience or encounter that I'm like mm -hmm. opening up my heart to the reality of, dang, this can actually be real rather than mm -hmm. something that I've been taught about or told about or shown yeah. from when I was a kid. It's actually mm -hmm. like my God rather than like mom and dad's God or this fictitious yeah. character or this like celestial like power that is just overseeing creation. It's like, that was personal, it's relational. And I think mm. that's kind of what it was like for me. And it just, from that moment on, like relationship with God. And of course there's ups and downs, but that was kind of like the catalytic, like first step in that direction of just like, okay, I feel loved, I feel accepted. And I mean, like, I love reading about how Jesus did this you know, in his earthly ministry as well. Like he ministered to people, he met their needs, he made them feel loved and accepted. Mm. And then when their hearts opened, that's when salvation, like the message all came in. And so that's, that's exactly mm. how my progression was as well. It was a feeling first, and then mm. started to understand what that meant and kind of where that came from. 
And so that's where it all started, man. That's where it all began. That's brilliant. I think God has a great way of filling the void sometimes of, of where we really where we really yeah. need that we need filling, you know, that we that, that initial kind of encounter also often comes from a place of struggle or, or suffering. You know, I know suffering is the big question for a lot of people. Yeah. But I think also it's the big answer for a lot of people. And what you're giving to me is a real kind of answer, like as in it was via the suffering initially that God was able to fill a void. And I think it's great. And I think that's, you know, that's a quick summary of what this podcast is going to be about, isn't it? You know, it is, in, yeah. in actually, you know, via suffering, God really can can really step into a situation. And that actually that can be a great way of proving his existence to somebody and showing up when, yeah. when the times, at times needed. So you get obviously you're you're kind of working and how did you how did you get talking to to karen then via via um was it social media no we got set up on a blind date of course your friend yeah. that was right that was right yes. yeah man explain uh, that that's a good story I had, I had just got hired at the church mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. august of 2015 and then in december of 2015 literally like four months after stepping into this brand new role I get a text message from one of my friends who I hadn't seen or talked to in like years. Mm -hmm. And so he told me, well, at first he asked me if I was single and I was kind of caught off guard because I'm like, <laughs> we haven't even like talked in years. Like you're just coming out like that. Like, what are your <laughs> motives, man? <laughs> um, but he said, no, man, like me and my wife, we know somebody that she'd be perfect for you. And uh, if he was seeing if I'd be open to a blind date. And before I could type out my response saying no, um, because I'm just like, dude, I don't have time for that, man. I don't want the awkward mm -hmm. like this. Like Do I like her? I just, I'm not, I'm not about to step into that. Like, what was, your, what was your friend's name, Brandon? Let's give him a shout out right now. Uh, Ivan, Ivan and Irene. Ivan, come on, Irene. Matchmakers, we love that. We're here for that all day. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Sorry um, to cut you off. Carry on. Oh, no, no, it's okay, man. So that's mm. that's really what happened. And so the thing is, they didn't tell me that she lived in Guatemala, though. Left out mm. like, a, a slight detail like that, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, before I could tell him no, he sent me a picture of Karen. And I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> like, where do I start? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they, they orchestrated this double date. Mm. And they didn't, you know, they didn't tell me that she was from Guatemala until the actual date. Wow. They, didn't even, they didn't even tell me her name, dude. Like, I didn't even get the opportunity to stalk her on Instagram or anything. Like, yeah. I couldn't. But I did. I found her. I'm creepy like that. I found her. Yeah. <laughs> and I was swindled, dude, because mm. her bio says Guatemala slash slash CA. I'm like, oh, maybe she moved uh -huh. to California from guatemala and she's here now but ca stood for central america meaning uh, she's still in guatemala, still in guatemala. I, was, I was swindled dude i was swindled yeah yeah, uh, yeah yeah but we met and it was it was a really fast connection dude like we mm -hmm. both knew that this was our person within like days yeah. and yeah. that was on a sunday that we met and by that wednesday we're already making plans like when are we going to see each other next? How are we going to make this work? And so when God has a plan and you step into that, it can happen pretty quick. And so yeah, yeah. that's what happened. That's how we met. And here we are. 
That's awesome. And you, you got married and you moved to the, you were, did you get married in the States or did you get married? In, you we, married did. We, we did. We yeah. got legally married in the States. Right. We had kind yeah. of a going away party for her in Guatemala. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's kind of how the progression happens. Awesome. Okay. And let's get into the planning of kids. Where does that come about in a relationship, you know, in a, in a marriage? How did you, did you plan that through or, you know, I know people that have had plans to do that, to leave a couple of years before or not. And everyone's different and it, there's no right answer, is there? Right. So you go about that. Right. So like you said, it's just everybody is different. And so for mm-hmm. us, I think we kind of came to the realization that there's never going to be a convenient time to have kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how it was getting married, too, because we're just like yeah. waiting for everything to line up financially yeah. or literally. <laughs> we're just like, it's never going to. And so you just want to like. This is something that was on our hearts to do. And so we finally got to a place where we're open to trying because we both knew that, you know, sometimes it happens fast. Sometimes it takes a long time. And so Karen and I came to this place, I would say maybe, yeah, because we were married about a year, Mm -hmm. like maybe a year and a half until we started trying because we didn't know. And we're just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen but we're open to it happening and so that's when we started trying and then in about four months that's when we got pregnant with with asher our first boy yeah yeah yeah, we did something that we both wanted Mm. so then it it was an easy conversation to have where we're just like okay like let's just let's start trying and we'll see what happens and so the cool thing about having a relationship with god is like Mm. we're kind of putting it in his hands you know we're doing our part right Mm. marriage but um yeah we're just trusting him with the timing of it so that's kind of how it unfolded yeah that's great and so yeah you're about to to have a first child um explain some of the feelings coming into that because i'm totally naive to this to this this whole yeah yeah go on go ahead there is nothing that can explain it it's 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 an it's an incredible experience because mm. the moment that you find out that you're pregnant, your entire like vernacular, your entire mindset, your understanding of life itself just changes. Mm. Because the moment that you you figure that out, whether it's planned or unplanned, mm. it, it changes things. You start to think about what that life is going to entail. You start mm. to you start to dream. You start to think, is it a boy? Is it a girl? Um, you start to imagine yourself doing things with them. I wonder what their first dance is going to be like. I wonder what uh, the moment that they start riding a bike for the first time is going to be. Are they going to look like me? Are they going to look like Karen? Are they going to be outgoing? Are they going to be more shy and introverted? Like, what is their person? And your mind automatically shifts there. And so, with every step from that direction forward is just so exciting. And so mm-hmm. you, you set a date for us and we're like, this is when we want to tell people, right. We're giving it time because like, we'll, we'll get into more details of this in a little bit, but it's like mm-hmm. the risk of losing a pregnancy within the first trimester is way higher uh, than it is getting into the second and third trimester and so we're like, all right, when we're out of the first trimester, we're going to tell people and it's going to be exciting. And so literally, as soon as we exited the first trimester, we started telling people we started, it was around Christmas that we started telling people. 
And do you get a do you get a test at that point to check that all is well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you go in to get confirmed mm. that you're pregnant. Mm. Um, you can go in anytime. I feel like as soon as you figure it out. But then they'll mm. set an appointment around six or eight weeks to get you to come back to actually start like getting a measurement and a like a, a starting point. Yeah. And so from that moment on, I, you know, I think every doctor, every place is different. But for mm. us, it was every four weeks. And then as it gets closer to delivery, that's when it gets closer to every other week and then every week and then so on and so forth. But for mm. us, it was like the four weeks. And so they check it. They listen to the heart, make sure everything's OK. I mean, it's crazy to think that you can hear a heartbeat at eight weeks already. It's crazy. Yeah. You can barely see this little blip on on the screen and you can mm. see the heart beating. It's just it, that changes your world yeah. completely because you're mm. like, man, this this is a life that's growing yeah. inside of your wife. And it's just, it's yeah. just crazy, man. So that's, that's kind of how it went down. And with every step, like telling people, discovering it and going back every four weeks, you see this little bean start to grow green mm-hmm. and you start to see the shape of a human start to take place. And yeah, it's an experience, man. It is truly an experience. It's life changing. <clears throat> mm. What do you think it is? You know, you talk about that kind of your first trimester and you're getting through that first trimester. Although it's a very natural thing that you've described, a very natural fact that actually once that child gets through the the, the first trimester, it's, it's more likely the baby is more likely to survive. Mm-hmm. What do you think still stops us from telling, even though it's so fact like so obvious that this is going to be the case? And, and actually, it should be a certain way. What do you think yes. stops people from just telling people at that point? That's that's a really good question, man. And honestly, I feel like anybody who makes the decision to wait to tell probably mm. has a, an entire laundry list of like fears yeah. that they have experienced and built up over their lifetime. And so yeah. I think, honestly, yeah. for me and Karen, um, we didn't want to have to explain to a lot of people um what happened because once it goes public yeah then it's out there and people Mm -hmm. though they are very well intended for the most part most of the time Mm -hmm. um a lot of people don't know how to handle hurt and they'll like say things and try to fix things and explain things and so i think rather than it's kind of like a a place of vulnerability because once you put yourself out there like that you're putting yourself almost in this place of like, if something happens, I'll need to, in, in church leadership as well, like your life is on display. Yeah. And like, you're an example to people. Mm. And with something that vulnerable, it was like, I don't know if we want to open ourselves up to that. And so yeah. that was kind of like the mindset of maybe fear of getting let down publicly the fear of not having the right things to say if something were to happen. Yeah. And yeah, just not wanting to really put ourselves out there like that. Yeah. You know, kind of like, it's kind of like a protection, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We answer, answered that really well. I, I would probably do the same thing, but I was yeah. thinking while you were talking about it, I was thinking, is it right of me to want to do the right thing, you know, to, to do that? Would that be a right thing? Would that be coming from a good place? Yeah. So that's I, think, I think protecting yourself yeah. and, kind of caring for yourself and knowing certain triggers is a really good thing to do, like the proper boundaries and stuff. 
Definitely. Yeah. So things didn't, obviously, you know, every worst nightmare is about to unfold, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Um, when do you first get the hint that things aren't going the way that you've, you've dreamt about? There were no hints. There were no okay. hints at all. It just happened like immediately. Right. Okay. It was crazy because the statistic that we've heard is that one in every four pregnancies will, ex well, one in every four, yeah, pregnancies will experience like a miscarriage. Um, and so we've heard different stories of like, sometimes women will see like blood or feel like a sharp pain. And that's kind of like an indicator that something happened or something went wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, but so get this February 16th is Karen's birthday. Yeah. And so on February 16th of 2019, we moved into a new apartment. We got a new apartment that had more space, um, because we were getting ready for Asher yeah. We didn't know it was Asher at the time, by the way. Yeah. Um, we we're getting ready for the baby. And so we, we moved into a place that had a loft, had bigger space. Mm. And we had an appointment on February 18th, literally. It's gone again. It's going to join us again. Back. I had to gather my. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry, mate. Sorry. So 18th of, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So we moved into our apartment on the 16th. Okay. Um, 17th was church. It was a Sunday. And then that mm -hmm. Monday was just a routine checkup. I think it was like week 16. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it was week 16. Um, and that's supposed to be a really routine checkup. Like it was takes no more than 20 minutes. You go in, uh, they weigh you. Well, by you, I mean the girl, the one who's carrying the child. They don't weigh me. That'd be embarrassing. Or me. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so they, they weighed Karen. We went into our room. Um, and it's supposed to be really routine where they just, they use the ultrasound. They check on the baby, hear the heart. So you can hear the heartbeat. Um, and then you go. And so we didn't feel any pain, any discomfort, no bleeding, nothing out of the out of the norm. And then we went in just for a routine checkup. And the the nurse didn't hear a heartbeat. And so you can kind of see that she started to get like a little concerned. But you know, she's trying to like play it cool, because she's trying to like make jokes and said like, um oh the baby's hiding like try standing up drink water move around a little bit maybe he's like sleeping or something like that or hiding hiding from the thing or and so the nurse left the room it you can kind of feel this uncomfortable tension starting to grow and it's almost like you don't want to allow your your mind to go there mm. um, and so i could just see the the concern on Karen's face as well where I'm like trying, okay, Brandon, be present. We've got this God's in control. We've prayed every day for this baby to be healthy and to be strong. Like it's okay. We're good. This is just like something's up with the ultrasound machine. So nurse comes back in like 10 minutes later, ultrasound happens. She doesn't tell us anything. Um, then she said, okay, I'm going to have you guys go downstairs to a different ultrasound room. Um, and they're going to get a closer look. 
And so what I didn't know was that that was the ultrasound room to determine like how old the baby was when the baby passed away. So they weren't telling us anything. But she knows at this point. But we know at this point. Yeah. But they know yeah. at this point. They're not like, they're not being clear. They're not being. Yeah. Um, which I understand looking back is like why they have to do things like that. Mm. Um, and so she said, yeah, come back in like an hour. We're like, oh my gosh. And so Karen and I, we go, we grab a smoothie, even though like we're, we're not hungry. We're kind of like the, the shock is starting to sit in at this point. Mm. we go back in there and they still don't tell us anything right they're like okay we're gonna reach out to your nurse and she's gonna she's gonna let you know everything that happened and so we literally had to leave we had to leave the clinic because the nurse was like on a break or something like that and so we leave we start crying at this point because we're like oh my gosh like something happened but they still Mm. didn't say anything like officially. And so we went back maybe an hour later, longest hour of my life up to that point. And we go back and the nurse sits down. You can just see that there's kind of like a heaviness over them. They don't really know how to tell us. Um, But they say we were able to find out that your baby passed away um, at 14 weeks because he should have here. We didn't know it was he yet, but he should have been a certain size and he wasn't. And they don't know what caused it yet, um, but they need to get the baby out of Karen because that's obviously not safe for her health. And so they said, uh, we're going to get you a room at the hospital. The hospital is like right next to the clinic that we were at and mm-hmm. we'll go from there. And so that's kind of how we found out everything. What goes through your head, mate? And that's a crazy question, really. Yeah, you've obviously had some time to think about it, and and what? Yeah, that's, that's, that's at that time. Think, but... At that time, nothing. At mm. that time, my mind was totally disconnected. It was kind mm. of like a survival thing. It yeah. didn't hit me until well, okay, like fast forwarding a little bit. We went to the doctor at mm. like four or five p.m. that night. Okay. Um, and then they had to put Karen into labor. They had to induce her to give birth to the baby. Um, and so she actually gave birth to the baby around midnight or 1230 that night. And so it took about seven hours from us getting to the hospital to actually giving birth to our son. And so Asher comes out, you actually see this baby. And so it's more than just this uh, is mind blowing. This this yeah, whole thing is mind blowing. More than just a theory, more than just like an idea, but you're actually seeing that, and it's more than just like a collection of like tissues. It's an actual human. You see the face, you see the hands, you see the toes like starting to form. Oh um, you see the nose, mm. um, and we didn't leave the hospital until like maybe one or two the next day. Um, And I didn't get hit with reality until the morning of like when we left the hospital, because I'm trying, like my brain's completely disconnected. I'm focused on being present and strong for Mm -hmm. Karen. Um, Mm -hmm. One of like the most challenging experiences of our lives. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just something about seeing like your wife, the love of your life connected to these machines and like these, um, these different meters and they give her medicine that like puts her body into labor, like unnaturally. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. like drug her. So she's all loopy and it's just like torture, man. And I remember like sitting in the hospital room thinking like, this is never going to end. Mm-hmm. Like this is never going to end. Like looking up at the clock, feeling like it's been three or four hours and it only being 10 minutes. Wow. It was just like crawled by man. And then the hospital has a procedure where if somebody goes through something, mm-hmm. um, they wheel them out in a wheelchair, like to get picked up or whatever. And so they asked me to go get the car and pull it up front. And so I go and get in the car. And it was in that moment when I was alone for the first time since everything mm-hmm. happening. That's when I just started falling, dude. I feel like I started feeling it. There's just to answer your question, like what thoughts were going through my mind? Like there was just everything from anger to confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a serious reevaluation of like my faith and like our relationship with God. And cause mm-hmm. we prayed for the baby every day. Yeah. So, so much, so many questions dude. like, why us? We serve you, God. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why would you let this happen? Keeping in mind also that at this time, and this isn't an an exaggeration, there was like 10 or 11 other couples, like not even people, dude, like couples that were pregnant at the same time as we were that all had healthy babies. Wow. And so watching that happen, watching that unfold, um, like why us? Mm. Why is this happening? Um a lot of like anger and confusion. And so it was just a very just challenging experience. And, and still it, it changes you. It changes you. It changes the way you look at life. It changes the way that you talk to people. It changes everything about you. Cause like, that's what trauma does. That's what traumatic Mm -hmm. experiences do. It really does change everything about you. And like, you're not the same. I feel like I'm not the same today after that moment, like February Mm -hmm. 8th of 2019. Like I, I'm not the same. And so, yeah, it's deep, dude. It's deep. Yeah. Do you think you'd put on a, 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 a shield, a front up until that point that you got in the car on behalf of Karen and being strong for her. And then when you got in the car, you realized the significance of what happened on, on you. Do you think that, do you think that was what happened there or, yeah, how do you feel about that? Dude, I feel like, yes, to answer your question, yes, I did put up a shield and a front, but that was something that I did way before I met okay. Karen. Because I feel like, because I'm an only child, okay. um, when your parents go through, like what mine went through, like separation and divorce, I needed to develop some like mental thing to mm. like survive and to protect myself. Yeah, And so I like developed this approach to life to kind of like put up a front, like a positive front of yeah. like, everything's okay. Everything's fine. And like, that's what took me through every challenging season up until that point. But I feel like when this happened, I was just so broken mm-hmm. that in that moment in my car, I feel like all of the past years of just kind of like falsely being strong and like prideful in a sense that like, mm-hmm. oh, I, can't it. I got this like that all crumbled down 
I feel like there has always been in my life, like a disconnect between like what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking, kind of like a cognitive breaking. But in that moment, it was almost like jammed back together where I'm like, my feelings and what I'm thinking are just forced back into place. Mm. So it was really, I just got super overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, It was crazy, man. I felt things that I had never (laughs) felt in my life. I can imagine. Yeah. Man, I I say I can imagine. I I can't really because I've never been anything through anything like that. But yeah, yeah, you you speak about it with with such strength, strength and and vulnerability. It's inspiring. It's it's really inspiring. And so, how do you how do you move forward from you know? Tell us about the next few days and what you remember from that, and how and moving forward from that process and using it as well. You talked about putting this front on and coming to terms with that and how did you move out of that in order to the place you're at now just emotionally and being more vulnerable it was a very long process and Mm. and i'm still in it still in the process now we still have days where i'm like i still question you know and i think that there are things in life that you just don't have answers for and i think this is one of those things that i will like never have an answer for okay. this side of eternity mm. and accepting that is 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 easier on some days than it is on others mm. um but i feel like the process afterwards dude, i went into a very like dark place like yeah. depression was on an all-time high i didn't want to talk to people didn't want to do anything go out keeping in mind also that i i was still youth pastoring through all of this and so needing right. to write messages Yes. And preach, preach things out of the Bible where I'm like afterwards going home and like asking myself the question. I'm like, I don't even know if I really believe that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Preaching messages on my like God's faithfulness and love where I'm just like, mm, is he though? Mm-hmm. And in that season, which he is, by the way, he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in that season, I started to develop like, a lot of serious panic attacks and like and like anxiety that I had never known what it was. And so I started because panic attacks, if you don't know what it is, can be totally mirroring of the symptoms of having like a heart attack or something like that, where it's like you get cold sweats, your your eyes go like tunnel vision, you you start freaking out, like your heart starts racing. And that started happening to me. And like on a daily basis. And it got to the point where like living a normal life was just very challenging. Like I couldn't drive long distances without having these panic attacks and, and needing to pull over. Um, I couldn't even be on worship team at my church without feeling like I was going to pass out and like, black out from just like whatever was happening to me. And I remember we traveled to Nashville for this like church convention, Karen and I, Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. was in June of 2019. So about four or five months after all this happened, June or July, I don't recall. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember talking to one of our friends who was at the conference as well. And kind of just, that was at an all time high dude, like in Nashville, because 
something about traveling was really challenging for me as well. <laughs> it's okay. My dogs like to chime in. As no, well. Fireworks are sitting there off upstairs for anyone listening. Sorry. Oh, it's all right. Um, and I remember just being at this place, like in Nashville, I it felt like a dream the whole time. Literally, I just didn't feel like I was present. Um, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was like constantly afraid. Um, and I remember being open about this with our friends that were there. And they actually encouraged me to see the therapist that they were seeing in regards to like the same thing. And so get home from that trip by the grace of God. And I started looking into like therapy and like, that was one of the best decisions that I think I could have made at that point in my life. And so started seeing this actual like therapist. Um, and though she was, she is a Christian it was very much so therapy to help me understand like what was happening in my body, like a physical response, because I feel like being a Christian, you have a tendency to over spiritualize a lot of things, right? This is the enemy attacking me. This is Satan, like causing fear in my heart. And yeah, what was happening? I mean, of course, you can trace it back to the Garden of Eden. You know, everything that's not perfection is a result of Satan. But for this, it was like my body went through something traumatic. I experienced something that changed me. And you know, like any, my therapist defines traumatic as like, you don't see it coming. Um, It takes you by surprise. I mean, like this is the same type of experience, though it is different of like people who experience like shootings at like schools or public places. You don't see it coming. Uh, It causes you to like fear for your life and it's out of your control. And like, those were all things that took place and trauma is left undealt with can settle into your brain and eventually cause your brain to shut down on a physical level. Mm. Um, And so she started to explain this to me and it was enlightening because I'm like thinking, okay, I'm not going crazy. God hasn't abandoned me. Mm. Uh, And this is literally my mind, my body responding to a, a traumatic experience. And so that putting an awareness to what was happening, I'm like, okay, I'm not having a heart attack. This is a panic attack. And it yeah. kind of gives you the tools to navigate through and start to heal from it as well. It's deep. Mate, I keep going to try and ask ask you a question, but you, you answer the question as if you can <laughs> listen to what I'm thinking. It's brilliant. So I'm just like, you just, 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 just coming out with it it's fantastic yeah i think you, you touched on a, a lot of you touched on a lot there um and i want to focus on one which is the kind of the spiritual and the physical i didn't you know you've been through something that is incredibly physical and it's imp- and you you do you you did hit the nail on the head in saying that we have the tendency to over spiritualize things yeah and often avoid them and 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 others would would over um you know, over-exaggerate the, the physical more than the spiritual. There is a spiritual element to it, for sure. Yeah. Um, but the the being in the mess of it all needs to be understood and needs to be dealt with and needs to be lived. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, sometimes you can reach out to people. You're really in a time of need. You can pick up the phone. You can tell them about something and they can go, why didn't you do this in the beginning? And, and that's not helpful <laughs> because no, it's, it's not. Like, 
it's like, well, that's not now. I'm dealing with a situation now. And 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 that's that that kind of thing where it's like in the mess of it all, you ju- we just need to to have help in the me- in the mess of it all, um, yeah. and just to live out live it in the mess of it all, and have people that yeah. are prepared to sit yeah. with us in the mess of it all first before yeah. we focus on get back. My like explained it perfectly, dude. Because me, right. uh, I feel like a lot of guys are like this too, where we try yeah. and like figure out what happened and try and fix it. And she used very flavorful language, which I will like hold, which I actually like appreciated in the moment. Mm. I'm like, yeah, like Mm. say it, say it, you know, but (laughs) when you, you are in a pool of poop right now, you're in a pool of poop right now and you are trying to move so fast to try and get out of it or try and like put reason to it that you're just spreading the poop around And it's just going crazy. And then you're just like surrounded by all the poop. And she's like, what you need to learn to do is just stay still for a little bit and let the poop get to the bottom, (laughs) like actually settle down and get to the bottom. Because that's where I found myself. I'm like trying to figure out reasons and answers and what can I do to fix this? And that was part of my conversation. I mean, like I've learned so much Mm. because I was talking to my therapist. I'm like, what do I need to do to stop having anxiety? And she's like, I don't think that's the right question to ask right now. I think what we need to focus on is how can you just accept the reality of where you're at, you know, rather than trying to get around or ignore it, but just like, you're not okay feeling pain. Like, why? Why are you trying to ignore this? Why are you trying to get around it? Why are you trying to get past it so fast? Mm -hmm. I feel like I learned to sit in the poop, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's no, that's real. That's really helpful, really helpful because it is there is such a focus in society on being okay and getting through it all. And, and actually, we race to get through it so much so that a lot of times we don't really deal with sitting in the poop. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great, great yeah. analogy, you know. We don't, we don't, and actually, we can move forward, but we're still covered in poop. Basically, I'm carrying on this analogy because <laughs> it seems to be working so far, yeah. uh, but. <laughs> But that's it. That's 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 real, um, and it's really helpful. It must have been really helpful to hear somebody. I mean, that's what that's what it sounds like with that therapist. Is she was prepared to sit in that with you? Yeah, mm. yeah. That was the cool thing about it, man. And I feel like that has taught me a lot on how to walk through hard things with people because she yeah. didn't have answers. You know, yeah. she that wasn't her job was to give no. me answers, but it no. was just to be there. Yeah, you know, and just ask ask questions Mm, ask questions to try and dig a little deeper and i feel like up until this experience i just i even as a pastor you know it's like you have this pressure to try and provide answers for people and a Mm. lot of the times people want answers and they'll go to you for answers and that's dangerous dude um karen's calling me (laughs) hi karen (laughs) i'll I'll just answer it for you yeah (laughs) yeah that's great Um, And I have just learned that yeah. sometimes rather than me trying to like give the right scripture or pray the right prayer, like it's okay to just say like, I'm, so, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about, talking about lamenting, how do you feel about, you know, it's absolutely right. And I think you, that's probably something I've, not done probably i've done more so recently in like the last couple of years in really kind of going oh man 
the last thing sometimes people want to hear is, oh, let's pray about it. Some people don't want to pray about it. Some yeah. people are sitting in, in wheelchairs that don't want you to go up and sit and put a hand on them and say, let's pray for them. You know, people, you know, they don't always, what is, I'm, 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 I'm going down a, a rabbit hole here, but do you know oh, what I mean? It's, okay. it's sometimes just waiting for people to come and go, I'm in this mess. I'm in this situation. I feel like I'm in this uh, situation at the moment, waiting for them to come to you and go, oh man, that, that just sounds really tough. Yeah. Um, how did you, from that position, again, of sitting in the poop, where does your faith sit at this time? How do you, did you lament? Did you talk about it? Did you, were you angry at God? Did you oh, get yeah. that out? And how do you feel about lamenting in general? In that time or right now? Both. Well, my that, faith right now is, yeah. is, is way, I feel like it's stronger right now than it ever has been in my life. Okay. It's different right now than it was before experiencing this because before I had almost like this, like an ignorant faith or unrealistic faith of just like my faith meant that nothing bad was going to happen to me. Mm. And I feel like a lot of Christians are there right now. Um, And then they're so taken off guard when hard things happen. Yeah. That's where I was before. That's where I was before. And now I feel Mm. like it's been broken down and I read the Bible differently. Now it's like, I see the scriptures where Jesus says like, you will experience hard times, um, but take heart because I've overcome the world. I mean, I'm paraphrasing of course, but it's like before it's like you read past that kind of stuff. And in like books like Jeremiah, where he says like, uh, I have a hope and a future for you. Right. Mm. You don't realize that that's written to somebody like Jeremiah was a prophet during the, the exile like they're literally mm-hmm. in captivity and it's mm-hmm. like you don't really have to think about that kind of stuff yeah. um, so my faith like was broken down mm-hmm. and i feel like has been able to be built up again um mm-hmm. when it happened i went through a lot of days and maybe even weeks of just like yeah being angry at god and having like no faith because it was almost like without realizing it my faith was built on like if i prayed this then you will do this god it's like a genie in a bottle kind of thing and that's why i was like we prayed for asher's health every day why did this still happen right and it's even changed the way that i pray because i mean or like approach prayer and i feel like that can be a whole nother podcast in and of itself but yeah my faith is strong because i feel like it's built on who god is and like his character rather than just me getting what i want to get Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's really interesting. There is a common, obviously, misconception about suffering in general. And that's why suffering for me is the big question, because you kind of think, okay, if there's a God, then God's duty is to take us out of that situation. Where do you stand on that? What would you say to somebody that says that comes at you like that? Well, why if God, and that's a big question, but just in a nutshell, you know, how do you feel about after your experience? How do you feel if someone comes to you and says, if God, why suffering? Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, dude, again, like this, mm. this topic can be an entire podcast in and of, of course, itself. Of like it's the question, like, why does good stuff happen to bad people? Yeah. Why does yeah. bad stuff happen to good people? Yeah. Um, and honestly, mm. we just realize that we're in a fallen world. Yeah. Um, I think that's 
that's the foundation of this all because does sin enter the world we read about it in genesis garden of eden right mm. when sin entered so did death and so did darkness and so did brokenness and just because god sent his son to the world to provide a sacrifice so that we can have relationship with god again unbroken untainted um that doesn't mean that we're not in a broken world mm. so because we are in like a broken world like a sinful world we are like the bible says that everybody has fallen short mm. um, because of that like there is darkness there is brokenness there there is things that happen um that aren't explainable but that's why i'm so thankful for eternity like jesus's message was so heavily focused on the kingdom of god and not mm. only was it something to look forward to someday, mm. it was something that was at hand. Like that's the beautiful dichotomy of like the kingdom of God is that it's not yet, but it's right now at the same time. Mm. So that's why we can experience wholeness. That's why we can experience healings here on earth. That's why we can experience um, like resurrection emotionally, physically, spiritually. Mm. Um, but we've also been given this beautiful promise of eternity and I feel like the more we value things here on this side of eternity, mm -hmm. um, the more challenging it can get. Um, I like God gave me this acronym. I like, I love acronyms. The more mm -hmm. we talk, the more you'll probably hear me use an acronym or something like that. But yeah. like I preached a message not too long ago on hope. Um, mm -hmm. But the acronym that God gave me was hold on because we've been okay. given a promise of eternity. Okay. Like that's, that's that's hope where it's like, not only is God going to intervene nice. and intervene here and now, um, mm. like we have hope of eternity, you know, like that's yeah. all throughout the Bible of like heaven and how quickly this life really does come and go. Mm. Um, but I do believe that like Asher is in heaven right now. Like I do mm. believe that he is with Jesus. And I feel like that hope is what, is able to propel us forward and honestly i don't know how people go through things uh without mm. that hope. genuinely yeah. going through it because i think people can get good at numbing and ignoring mm. and maybe that's that's how they do you know yeah I, I definitely know i know yeah i've seen experiences when People will suppress feelings after traumas that they go through. Yes, it just eats eats away it eats away at people. It, it it changes who they are as people, and not not more often than not, not always in a good way. But you're doing a really brave thing in in going through that and being able to accept help within the, yeah. the situation, and and to have that and be able to look back and be able to know there was nothing. You know, you can't say, well, God intended that for me and that's the way it is. No, that was a terrible situation. You know, you're not, yes. you're not claiming to, to say otherwise in that, but actually in the midst of that, you know, what can you, and that's why I love this. You know, as soon as you mentioned, you, you know, you started sharing about your book, I thought this is interesting because it's a story and how can we, I guess our podcast uh, goal is to talk to people who are living out their faith in their day to day and this this totally is you know hits the nail on the head for us so it's it's fantastic to hear yes. you talking about this in this 
in this way and use that experience that you've been through. Not to say I went through it from this, I went through it for this reason, but to say right. God's using it in this way. Exactly. Yeah. How can God use this in order to bless others? And mm -hmm. so that's that's the beauty of this sort of conversation is just being able to to just hear you say, yeah, actually, in the mess of it all, God was with you and God sat with you in the poop. Yeah. <laughs> he did. And he did. God is still and God is still working with you and encouraging us as people to hold on, you know, to hope um, for for a future that is. Yeah, that that this will all be worth uh, worth it for you know this struggle is just is it, tough it's tough at times and there's no promise of otherwise but we have a hope to hold on to mm -hmm. that's what that's what we have in 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 hope um, so let's get on to the book then Brandon so this has all come about you're still working through this process when did that that kind of idea come about honestly. Hey, okay. So after it happened, I, as a youth pastor, after we made the announcement, right? Like we announced that we were pregnant and then yeah. we lost Asher. And I had to walk through like that fear of what happened because we wanted to wait. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, now these kids, these kids that look up to me and Karen as like how we get through things. I'm like, I need to show them what's going on in my life, you know? And so like from that mindset, God, he gave me like a, a three or four week series uh, called through. And it's based on the scripture in Isaiah that says, when you go through deep waters, I'll be there with you. When you go through the fire, you won't get burned up. I'm paraphrasing. Um, yeah. This idea of like, when you go through things, then you know, God will be with you. And so yeah. we took each one of those elements and we broke it down and kind of made it relatable to the kids where they're at, mm -hmm. um, what they're going through. And so as I was getting this material, I had the thought, I'm like, this can totally be a book. Mm -hmm. can totally be a book. And I've always had a desire to write a book, okay. um, but I never really had the discipline to sit down and do it. Yeah. And so after this material came and I finished the series, it was about three or four more months where I'm just like, I'm just going to start writing out my thoughts because it was kind of therapeutic too. Yeah. Can imagine. Like, mm -hmm. If I were to sit down and say, all right, I'm going to write a book right now. I probably wouldn't have done it because it's just such a daunting task. Okay. And I'm like, I, I like despise school, like writing papers. I despise it, dude. Mm -hmm. So the thought of like writing a lot is like, that doesn't appeal to me at all. And so, mm -hmm. I just started writing out my thoughts, writing out the sermons, kind of elaborating on them. And it started to form into this book. And so then I just started massaging it a little bit more. And it took like maybe five or six months of actually sitting down and trying to do it. Mm. Actually be a finished product. And so finished, we got in touch with this publishing company. It's called Christian Faith Publishing. Um, sent them the manuscript. They liked it. They approved it. They brought it on as their own product. Uh, then we went through like editing, which took a long time. Mm. Then we went through page design. Then we went through cover design, which shout out Danielle or Steven Solis. Like, yeah, uh, sure. Did a fantastic job like designing it. He's so it, good. He's so good in that. Yeah. Scratch. Mm. Mm. Um, 
And then once everything got approved, that's when we moved forward with kind of getting it out there, like printing it. They sent us a print a printed copy that we can approve. And mm-hmm. from that, we changed some stuff. And then when we changed that and finished it, that's when it was all like a done deal. So, mm-hmm. yes, there it's like it's done. It's all finished. And um, and now you're going to read the whole book out to us all. Um, yeah, <laughs> I am. You guys are comfortable. <laughs> um, just, just glide us through the kind of uh, infrastructure of the book or um, talks. Uh, give us an overview of what, what the heart is behind the book and where you've gone with the the book. You can totally get a glimpse of just from like our Mm -hmm. conversation of what the book is about, because it's just going, it's going through things. The whole idea is to encourage people to maybe acknowledge what they're going through right now. Yeah. Um, I kind of address a a couple of different reasons why you're reading it. It's like, maybe you're going through something and you need to understand how to, or why you should, Um, or, you're walking with somebody through something and you just, you want a different perspective and you want to understand maybe how to do that effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, but the infrastructure of the book, like the introduction, there's three chapters. That's all kind of like setting up what the book is going to be about. And it's in those okay. chapters that I talk more in detail of like our experience, mine and okay. Karen's experience of losing the yeah. baby. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of sets up, three different sections after that. And so that scripture I mentioned to you out of Isaiah, like when you go through waters, when you go through fire. Um, And so what I do is I take the storm, I take the fire and I take the valley Mm -hmm. and I kind of tie them to different things that we can walk through in life. And so like going through the storm is, is is an experience, going through the fire is an experience and going through the valley is an experience. And so I talk about each one of those. And so each one of those sections has three chapters that kind of breaks it down a little bit deeper. Um, and it's kind of like a journey. Yeah, I like the verse because it's it's talking about the levels of poop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally different, different styles. Absolutely, absolutely. Like God really steps into that in that verse, yeah. doesn't he? He says, you know, as things get worse, I'm there. You know, as things get even worse. Yeah, guess what? I'm there, you know, and and that's that's brilliant. That's a great place to um to 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 bounce off. That's fantastic. Yeah, so that's I'll fantastic. share a really fun fact with you, Stuart. Please. This is where else mm. is like watching this at some point. So yeah. the last chapter, like, cause I did a yeah. did a release on Instagram and people asked questions and stuff like that. But amazing. People kept asking me like, "What your favorite chapter is? What's your favorite chapter?" And I'm like, "That's hard to say because I feel like they're all mm. so unique." But I really like the last chapter. Um, because the last chapter is titled uh, The Other Side or Getting Through to the Other Side, something like that. Yeah. I should probably know the chapters of my book. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's actually really unique because it was the actual day that I finished writing the book that we found out we were pregnant with Ezra. Okay. And so Amazing. it's such a, a unique Amazing. fact and like just a little yeah. detail that goes into it that's so cool. Because we were trying to get pregnant after we lost Asher for a year and yeah. a half. Like it wasn't yeah. a fast process. I feel like I needed to go through it though, like in, in hindsight. And yeah. like there's, there's so many other details in just Ezra's life and the timing of his birth that is just so points to Jesus and, and like his sovereignty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like I love the detail of like I finished the book on the literal day that we found out that we were pregnant with Ezra. And so I'm just like, yeah. that's really cool. That's amazing. Like, Fun little, little God detail. <laughs> it's like a small detail of, of God's 
redeeming hands just stepping on you know just 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 covering a situation isn't it yes. we see many times in scripture just themes of of books i'm reminded when you talk about that of, of of the book of ruth actually when when at the start of the book there's all these deaths you know um ruth ruth and orpah lose, lose their husbands and naomi's husband dies and actually the yes. book ends in in ruth and boaz having a child like there's a story there's oh, a theme yeah. there you know, there's a theme of redemption through death is now birth and God steps into a situation. It's it's really fantastic. And that's that's what you reminded me of there. That's brilliant. Yeah. And it's kind of like Job too. You know, Job loses everything. Mm-hmm. And like at the end of the book, it talks about how God gave him back even more than he had yeah. before. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And so where can people find the book this is important um i, I want to just just for anybody listening whether you're on youtube or um whether you are on youtube or on podcast platforms really it's easy to listen to this it's easy to to watch this but it's it's another level to be able to know in your heart the truth that brandon's bringing to this conversation right now and what i'd really encourage you to do is to to buy the book not just because it's 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 my friend's book but because there's power in really taking the time to meditate over these truths that are um, they're life, life transformational, as in to sit in there and to know, okay, this is one of those times I am sat in the metaphorical poop. Our, our counsellors or our yeah, nanny and I counsellors have this thing where it's, a, it's a, a phrase they use about dead dogs on the table. It's about getting your truth out, getting the truth out, even if it's messy, get it out on the table. And every time I'm going through difficulties, I remember George saying, get the dead dogs on the table, tell the truth, get everything out. And that's what you'll be able to do, I feel, from reading Brandon's book is really just taking the time to no distractions there's something powerful about reading a physical copy whereas you know listening to a podcast is great but some people listen to podcasts while driving so their their mind isn't fully on what they're hearing and why don't you read while you're driving you know (laughs) yeah 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 so what we're saying is there's these new um steering wheels which you can put books in them yeah yeah it's really crazy send you with the reduction code brandon Um, but yes, taking the t- there's something powerful about taking the time away to be able to read a book and really meditate on the word. So I would definitely encourage. I'm going to leave a link. I can get a link from you, Connor Brandon, to be able to put. A link yeah, of course. And so, like, if you're watching in in America, yeah, uh, the best place to get it would be just my website because that's yeah. directly from me. Like, I'll write you a little note, and it'll be like super sweet. Oh, nice. That's like nice. that. It's BrandonMarizio.com. Yeah. Um, but if you're anywhere else, like. Mm. England, Portugal, Guatemala, whatever, like wherever you're at, yeah. um, it would. Pr- if if your country has Amazon, that's probably the best place to do it because it'll be way cheaper shipping. Because mm. the way Amazon does it is they have the file, and they'll print it at like a local place near you and send it to you. Okay. So that's kind of how they do that, um, and it's also digital as well. And so you can, okay. you can buy the Kindle version on Amazon um or itunes i think so yeah yeah, yeah. And this isn't and this isn't as as there it is fantastic it. it's brilliant. <laughs> that's excellent well done mate that's fantastic um so yeah this um i can't remember what i was going to say there I was, 
Yeah. So it's it's a um, fantastic. Uh, that's that's what I was going to say. I was going to say this isn't just a thing of of oh well that somebody's been through that. And Brandon touched on it earlier. He said he said something like I thought that was me. Like I I didn't think I would go through a situation like this. And I think there's certain amounts of me that would be exactly the same. I think kind of as Christians, we are promised difficult times. We will go di- through difficult times and, and take the opportunity to, to read something like this um, in which, you know, it's in, there's an equipping taking place to be able to equip us um, yes. and our minds for the difficult times that we that we will go through. This is yeah. It can be like a source of comfort if you're in it, or it can be like yeah. giving you tools to put in your tool belt for like when you do. absolutely absolutely is there anything else you would say to somebody or come bring bring this to an end is through difficult times and people that are facing those different levels we talk about of difficulty and and sat in the poop is there any words of encouragement you would give to somebody through that through that yeah don't give Mm. up Mm. Mm. don't give up because your life has purpose and though you might not feel right now that good can come from it it will and so just hold on Keep on going. You're still valuable. You're still important. And if you feel like nobody else sees you or understands you, just know that God does. Mm. Oh, bless you. That's a fantastic way to end. Thank you so much, Brandon, for your time <clears throat> and 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 your vulnerability. Like this, this story is just you know, and it's still it's still ongoing. We're still writing this writing this story um, for you guys. We're so blessed to have you as friends. Uh, Brandon and Karen, you know, and and we're excited um, to see how God uses you and 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 grows, allows us to grow closer to you in these times. And thank you for using this in order to bless other people because that can't be easy, mate. You, you you walk in this path with strength and vulnerability. So thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity, Stuart. Love you and Nanny so much. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Well, guys, that was absolutely fantastic. Um, if you've liked what you've seen, which I'm, I'm sure you have, hit a thumbs up down below, subscribe, get involved um, in some way. If you think this will bless somebody as well, um, if you think the book will bless somebody, get the book sent out to them, send the video link to them, whatever you need to do in order to yeah. bless the people around you within this situation. That would be absolutely fantastic. And other than that, thank you so much for joining us and we hope to be able to uh, speak to you guys again soon. See you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.